there. And uh, the next next week, Art will pick up with the first first chapter. I'm going to introduce it today. So if you will, turn to Ephesians. Put a finger there, because we're not going to be there very long. And then turn to Acts, the 18th chapter. The 18th chapter of the book of Acts. We'll look at Ephesians just real quick. And then go to the 18th chapter of the book of Acts. Okay, in the first first chapter, first verse, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus. <laughs> I don't know why, but first right out of the box in my studying for this, we, we come up with a, a problem. It's not a problem with me, but it's one of these theological hairs that we split sometimes. Any of you have a study, a study Bible that has a footnote when it comes to Ephesus? At Ephesus. Anybody got a footnote there? <clears throat> Well, mine says, the early manuscripts do not contain Ephesus. So it was probably written like Galatians was to a group of churches. But somewhere along the line, it got tagged as Ephesians to the the people at Ephesus. And it stuck. And it really doesn't matter. But there's reasons that people say that that's what it is. And we're going to look at that in just a minute. But <clears throat> that's, it's really no problem, but uh, it's, we call it Ephesians. It's to Ephesus, and that's the way we're going to teach it. <clears throat> but just in full disclosure, uh, that's one of those things. Okay, now go to Acts, the 18th chapter, and we'll spend some time in Acts 18, 19, and 20, and then we'll we'll go from there. Now, Paul wrote wrote the letter from Rome in about 64 A.D. Now, don't hold me to these dates. Any date we quote in Scripture is subject to, to, to disagreement because we don't, some things we can tie down, but some things we can't. It was about eight years after he has visited Ephesus, and we'll see that in in just a minute. Uh, Much like Galatians, it was written to more than one church, but our Bible says at Ephesus, and that's what we're going to say, but it's kind of like Galatians. All Scripture is God-breathed, all of it. We teach all that everything in here is from God, and it's true, all of it. But but Ephesians is special. Ephesians is special. There's myriads of truths in Ephesians. We probably won't move as fast in Ephesians as we did in Galatians because there is so, so much in it. It's the most modern writing of all that Paul did. As uh, far as he didn't reference a lot of 
other things, but it was very, very much um, modern. Unlike Galatians, whose audience was mainly to save Jews, Ephesians is written to the Gentiles. It's almost exclusively written to the Gentiles. Uh, And we'll say more about that in just a minute. So, uh, you follow along in chapter 18. I'm going to do some paraphrasing because in conservation of time. Oh, everybody got one of these that you can see? Okay, and we'll we'll talk about that. Verse 1 of chapter 18 says, After these things, he left Athens and went to Corinth. This map, and you can look on the one you have, Athens is right here, and Corinth is right across the, the sea there. He left Athens and went to Corinth. And it was at Corinth that he met a couple of people that are very familiar to New Testament people. Uh, and there he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus who had recently come from Italy, and his wife Priscilla. Because of Claudius had commanded that all Jews leave Rome, he came to them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, for they were working by trade. They were tent makers. <clears throat> so, Aquila and Priscilla. And when Jack and I and, and Vernon McManus and Don and some more went in a Bible study, when we did this, we kind of got tickled. Because this is the only time it's mentioned Aquila and Priscilla. Every time else in, in Scripture, it's Priscilla and Aquila. That just tickles us. But anyway, the girl went first. The girl went first. And so it depends on who you're talking to. Sometimes it's Velta and Bill, and sometimes it's Bill and Velta. But in this particular case... It was it's Priscilla and Aquila from, from, from this point on. And they were tent makers and they knew the Lord and they were in in <clears throat> in Corinth. Later on, you remember when we when we taught Romans, uh, Paul sent the letter back to Rome by Priscilla and Aquila because they were from there, they had a house there, and the church was meeting at their house. So this is this is uh, where where they are. Skip down to verse 11. And he settled there for a year and six months teaching the word among them. It was probably at this year and a half time while he was at Corinth that he wrote the book of Romans. He wrote the book at at Romans. Uh, But Priscilla and Aquila were very, very important to the life of Paul and to the ministry of the gospel. Skip now to verse 18 of chapter 18. <clears throat> Paul, having remained there longer, took leave of the brethren and put out to sea. <clears throat> and with him were Priscilla and Aquila. He had his hair cut. <clears throat> they came to Ephesus. So he was at, he was at Corinth. And then he, they go... To Ephesus, uh, right ac- across this Aegean Sea, there. You can see it on your little map. <clears throat> uh, 
And okay, he went to uh, Ephesus. <clears throat> when the, <clears throat> verse twenty, and when they asked him to stay for a longer time. He did not consent, but taking leave to them, he said, I'll return to you again if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. And when he had landed in Caesarea, the next verse. So for a short period of time, we don't know how long, but it wasn't very long, he taught in the synagogue here in Ephesus. And he, they wanted him to stay, and he said, no, I'm not going to stay now, but if the Lord will, I'll come back. So then he went from Ephesus all the way back, back here to Caesarea oh, over here in, in Palestine. Uh, so he was in Caesarea there. So that brings us uh, to verse 23 of chapter 18. Having spent some time there, he left and successfully through the Galatian region of Pergaga and strengthening all the disciples. <clears throat> so when he left, if you look on your little map, this is the third journey. <clears throat> he left and he went up to Antioch. Scripture says he went down to Antioch. <clears throat> and that's a geographical thing. He went down from Caesarea to Antioch. But we, we say we went north. <laughs> we say we went north. Uh, <clears throat> 26 years ago when I came to South Carolina uh, real quick some of the people that I worked with were real proud of the fact that they were in South Carolina in the south I told them I drove 10 hours north to get here <laughs> so I, I was from the south but anyway it's, 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 where, you, it's where you are <clears throat> so on his third missionary journey he, he was there in verse 24 now a Jew named Apollos an, ex an Alexandria by birth, an eloquent man, came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in the Scriptures. It's not uncommon that God's people collect. It's, it's just the way we do things, you know. Uh, we find a church, we find a friend who knows the Lord, and all of a sudden, uh, not only are we brothers and sisters in the Lord, we, we, we have commonality and it's absolutely amazing how God's works in all these places all these places <clears throat> now, we were members of Brushy Creek Baptist Church in Taylor's for years before we came to Lancaster <clears throat> and I was teaching a Sunday school class much like this at the time and there was a couple sitting in there and I was telling them about my, my testimony and I said I worked at Continental Electronics in, in Dallas and I went on about my business, and after the, the service, or uh, the, the lesson was all over, <clears throat> um, can't think of the man's name right now, but he came up to me, he said, when did you work for Continental Electronics? I said, in 61 and 62, 63, <clears throat> he said, I was there then too. <laughs> so it's amazing. It's amazing who you make contact with and who who knows you and how how it all comes together. <clears throat> so he met Apollos there, and he was a very eloquent man. In verse twenty-five, he says, "The man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and began and being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus, being." 
acquainted only with the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside to explain him the word of God more accurately. He, he was teaching the baptism of repentance that John had taught. That there's one coming after me whose shoelaces I'm not worthy to, 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 to untie. And, and he says, okay, come, come with me. Let us tell you about this man called Jesus and where he lived and what he did. And he's died for our sins and this type of thing. And so, <clears throat> verse 27, And he wanted to go across Achaia. The brethren welcomed him and wrote to the disciples and to welcome him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who believed through grace. And he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. In 1 Corinthians, <clears throat> Paul wrote this letter to this troubled church. And there's a, a phrase in there. He says, he said, I planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. Apollos was a great man. Uh, he is attributed in some circles to have written the book of Hebrews. Uh, when we get to heaven, we'll have to ask him because we really don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. But Apollos is one of those. Verse, chapter 19. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. Then he, he found these people again in the same boat that Apollos was in. All they knew was the baptism of John. So Paul took them aside and explained to them that Jesus had come, he lived a life, he did miracles, he, he was God-man, he was crucified, he raised the third day, and on him they needed to believe. And those guys were saved, as we see there. He, and verse 7 said there were about all 12 men. Verse 8, he entered the synagogue and continually speaking out boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom. But when some of them came hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way, if that's the, the Christian way, before the people, he withdrew from them and took the disciples' reasoning daily in the school of Tyrrhenius. <clears throat> this took place for two years so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. <clears throat> he went to the synagogue. That was his M.O. He would go there and teach. As long as he had freedom to do, he, that was what he did. But when they started giving him a hard time, there was a school down the street. And scholars said that it taught till about noon. So after his school was over, Paul moved in and started teaching. And he was so effective that Scripture says that everybody in Asia knew the word of the Lord. Folks, that is tremendous. <laughs> no copying machines, no mass media, no tweets, <laughs> no all this stuff we've got today. 
But everybody knew the word of the Lord. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Verse 11. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul so that handkerchiefs and aprons were carried from his body to the sick and diseases left him. But there's always a counterfeit. So there were these fortune tellers there. He said, well, if Paul can... can um, cast out demons by the name of Jesus, we'll, we'll try to do the same thing. And he confronted them here. Verse 15, And the evil spirits answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirits uh, leaped on them and subdued them and overpowered them that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon all in the name of the Lord, and Jesus was being magnified. Many of those who had their belief kept coming, confessing, disclosing their practice, and many of those who were practicing magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone, and they counted up the price of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. Verse 20. So the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. We don't have many bonfires today. <laughs> I suppose we've got more sophisticated than that. But some of you that have been around a while can remember when churches were moved, when revival came, and practices were disregarded. And bonfires were burned. Records, books, all this kind of thing. Magic is one of those things that, <clears throat> that God doesn't like. And uh, he, he, he said, he said uh, we're not going to have any part of that. Uh, reaching back to my childhood a little bit. <clears throat> uh, one time I went to a, a friend's house and I came back all excited. <clears throat> and I told Daddy, uh, so-and-so had a Ouija board and we did... And why did I say that? <laughs> I, come here, Bill. We need to talk. <laughs> we need to talk. And Ouija boards were out of the question. My daddy ran a retail hardware business, and we sold toys at Christmas and that kind of thing. But Ouija boards wasn't in the mix. <laughs> it, it just wasn't. It just wasn't there. <clears throat> okay, verse 21. Now, after these things were finished, Paul purposed in the spirit to go to Jerusalem after he had passed through Macedonia. After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he, he had been there overall, scholars tell us, he was in Ephesus three years. He was there longer than he had been in any other place that he, uh, that he witnessed. He went there, he taught, he preached. He was so effective that the Lord was, was doing great things. Now, verse 23. About that time that, uh, there occurred no small disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Dietrich, Diet that man, <laughs> a silversmith who had made shrines of, your scripture probably has A-R-T-E-M-I-S. It's also called Diana. And I'm going to use Diana because I can pronounce that. And <clears throat> so... They, they made uh, these 
uh, silver shrines to the goddess of Diana, bringing no little business to the craftsmen. These gathered together with the workmen of similar trades and said, Men, you know our prosperity depends upon this business. You see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but almost in all of Asia, the Paul has persuaded and turned away a considerable number of people, saying that the gods made with hands are no gods at all. The gods made with hands are no gods at all. The first commandment he gave Moses, I'll have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. Verse 27. Not only is there danger that this trade falls into uh, disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana be regarded as worthless, and, and that she whom all Asia and the world worships will be dethroned from her magnificence. Human nature has not changed in all these years. The silversmiths were losing business. And they said, we're in trouble. But rather than focusing on them, they did something we do today. They switched. They said, the temple. The temple is in trouble. If Paul keeps preaching, the temple is in trouble. Our politicians have learned through, uh, through the years that there's about three or four things that if you can tag something to these three or four things, your, your chances of passing this bill greatly increase. One, you say, it's education. You know, this is for education. When we passed the lottery, the big deal was it's for education. The next thing, if you tag our policemen and firemen to anything, all of a sudden it becomes sacred. We don't want to mess with the policemen and the firemen. We don't. In where I live, in, in industry, uh, a lot, we do a lot of things. But you know what? When we come out and says, well, it's safety. We're going to do this because it's more safe or safety. All of a sudden, that makes it palatable. So in this particular case, <clears throat> it's not that we're losing money, but the temple of Diana is in trouble. Now, the temple of Diana was no small thing. I can find my notes. How big is a football field? Pardon? From goal line to goal line is 300 feet, right? How, how wide is it? Mike, you ought to know that. 160 feet. Okay. A football field, to get reference, is 300 feet by 160 feet, goal line to goal line. The Temple of Diana was 425 feet by 200 feet. 
it was 100 feet longer than a football field and about 75 foot wider. It had 60 feet columns. I don't know how wide this room is, but I guess, I guess it's about 40 feet. Is that right, Don? Uh, <clears throat> so they were 60 feet columns. There was 127 columns that went around it. If you've seen, uh, um, if you've been to Nashville and saw the, the Parthenon, the, the, re, the model of the Parthenon that's there, it's the same type thing, but much, much bigger. So the temple of Diana was no small thing. And they says, this is going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble if we don't do something about, about the temple. So <clears throat> that stirred the crew up. Let's continue reading there. <clears throat> Verse 28. And when they heard this, they were filled with rage and began crying out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And the city was filled with confusion, and they rushed with one accord and dragged these two guys that accompanied Paul. Verse 30. And when Paul wanted to go into the assembly, his disciples wouldn't let him. He said, Paul, don't go. He said, these people are kill you. <clears throat> That's Bill's paraphrase. Uh, <clears throat> Verse 32, so then some of them were shouting one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and the majority did not know for what reason they had come together. Mobs still work that way, don't they? We don't even know. Uh-oh, what time is it? Oh, man. Okay. They, they didn't know what they came together for. <clears throat> but <clears throat> they there was a a governor there uh, of the town clerk, it says in verse 35, he, he quieted the man and he says, What man is there after all who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is a guardian of the temple and the image which fell down from heaven? So since these are undeniable facts, you ought to keep care, calm and do nothing rash. For you've brought these men here who are neither robbers or of the temples nor blasphemers uh, so then they were kind of let go, uh, go. And after that, he dismissed the assembly. So he left. <clears throat> well, that ended Paul's ministry pretty much to Ephesus at that time. Now, <clears throat> he went on and he, he left. And <clears throat> he, uh, let's look at verse 17 of chapter 20. Verse 17 of chapter 20. <clears throat> He went from Ephesus to Miletus, right here. You can see that on your map, just a little, a little uh, piece. And then some of the people from the church in Ephesus followed him there. And they, they, uh, they wanted to tell him goodbye. And uh, so they, they were, they were uh, among themselves. And in verse 27 of chapter 20, uh, he says, I did not shrink from declaring you the whole purpose of God. Be on guard for yourselves and all that the flock, seeing that the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Verse 35. And everything I showed you by working hard in this manner, that you must keep the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he, he himself said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. 
Verse 38. Grieving especially over the word which he had spoken, that they would not see his face again, they were accompanying him to the ship. And then from there, as your little chart says, he took the same route from Ephesus back to Syria. He went to Rome, he, he went to Jerusalem, and that was basically the end of his thing because he wound up going to, to Rome. Now turn real quickly to Revelation, the last book in the Bible. Revelation chapter 2. <clears throat> chapter 2. <clears throat> chapter 2 in Revelation was written was written around 96 A.D. So, it had been about 32 years after Paul was at Ephesus. John wrote, um, or Jesus wrote, under John's inspiration, excuse me, Jesus' inspiration, John recorded what, what Jesus said in Revelation chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus right. The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven golden uh, lampstands and said this, I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance, that you cannot tolerate evil men and you put to test those who call themselves apostles and they are not. You found them to be false. That's good. And you have perseverance and you have grown endurance for my namesakes and have not grown weary. Verse 4. But I have this against you. You have left your first love. You have left your first love. 32 years after Paul was at Ephesus when the whole known world at the time knew what Jesus was, what he preached, how he taught, the way to be saved. 32 years later, Jesus told the church at Ephesus, I appreciate you so much, but you have lost your first love. My prayer is for our church and for us as a people that we'll come back to the place of our first love. Now that's easy to understand, you know. We've all been there. We've all had our first loves. We've all had those people that have come in our, our hearts and lives that were so very important to us. And at the time we did crazy things. I can't tell you about the, some of the crazy things I've done. But anyway, <clears throat> we'll stop for, the, for this, but the, the basis of, of Ephesians is on what Paul did in Acts when he went there, and he was there for three years, and he taught. And when he was in Rome later, he wrote, he wrote the book back to the people at Ephesus, and he says... This is what I have to say. And it's a tremendous study. Read ahead. Study ahead. Art will pick up next week in the first chapter, first verse of Ephesians. Okay? Okay.
Father, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for your love for us that a long time ago you moved in the hearts of Paul to write and he wrote what we know is the book of Ephesians. Father, bless us as we study. And Father, as we go this week, may we think about our first love. And Father, may we realize that there was a time we fell in love with you and you were everything to us and, and you were important to us. And yet through the years, sometimes we've kind of put you on the shelf and we haven't come back to really understanding who you are. God, give us that zeal. Give us that boldness. Give us that freedom to come back and preach and teach and love like we did when you were our first love. Go with us now to the further service. Bless the preacher. Bless everything that's said and done. And we'll be careful to give you the praise. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I gotta go get my boss and bring her back. Okay, baby. I'll do my best.